y'all. Welcome back to the Don't Mom Alone podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where I get to walk alongside you and connect you with people and resources so you know that you don't mom alone. And in this episode number 405, I'm welcoming to the show my friend, Caroline Cobb. I've written a song about sort of my mission statement. It's like a mission statement song. It's called Tell That Story. And it says, I'm a steward of the story as the moon reflects the light. So if you see him and forget me, then I've told this story right. So I get to step into that God-given space, but it's not about me. It's like, hey, guys, look at God. And it's not look at me, consume what I've made. It's, hey, let's worship God together. This is how I'm going to interact with God. And it's a gift that I'm giving to you. I I hope it's a gift. That points you to God, too. Caroline is a mom and a singer-songwriter, and I've invited her to the show to talk about the next part of my book, Right Where You Belong, if you haven't heard. Yes, I have a second book coming out. It's coming out April 18th, and if you're listening on April 17th, then you should head over to heathermcfadden.com forward slash R-W-Y-B. Fill out that form with your pre-order and you are going to get a code for a free audiobook, me reading the book. I don't want you to miss that opportunity. And if you're listening to this too late, I'm so sorry. Uh, if you never want to miss these opportunities, you can always sign up for my emails that go out every Tuesday, olaheather.com. I digress. Caroline and I are talking about the next piece of this right where you belong puzzle. So the last few episodes I've been talking about not missing out, and the boundary lines that God has given us and the spaces that we are assigned to occupy. And today, we're kind of discussing what can seem like competing spaces. So if, as moms, we are given the assignment to go and make disciples with our kids, but also given the assignment, in in Caroline's case, to make music and share the good news through the songs that she writes, are those in competition? Did we hear God incorrectly? How do we navigate knowing and discerning where God is assigning us? And so we're going to talk through that today. I'm so thankful to have you here listening with us and let's get right to it. Here we go. Caroline, welcome. Thank you. To my house. Thank you for the tacos. Of course. Best guest ever. Yeah, I'm going to bring you Velvet Taco. <laughs> that's one of our first meals we ever had together. So oh, that's and why. now that one's closed. Mm-hmm. Y'all, if you haven't heard me grieve the loss of my Velvet Taco that I could walk to. Yeah. So sad. You could walk there. There are others, but it's not the same. Totally not the same. Mm-hmm. And the backdoor chicken yeah. for a quick dinner. Yeah. So sad. But thank you <laughs> for welcome. filling my needs since I can't go there You're on a welcome. whim. Yes. Um and welcome to talking about right where you belong. You yeah. know, this concept of God assigning us, us figuring out what space are we going to occupy. Mm-hmm. Um, you live nearby me. Mm-hmm. Just like 20 minutes. Just 20 minutes. Uh, friends with my friends and our lives don't overlap in directly, but right. indirectly. Right. And you're a mom. Yep. How many kids do you have? I have three kids. So Ellie's just turned 13. So we're entering into those teenage years. That's interesting. Yeah. And then I have a son who's about to be 11 and then another daughter who's nine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. We overlap a little bit on the ages. Mm -hmm. I have a 13 and 11. 
I know. But you were, before we got on, you were discipling me about teenage years. So <laughs> I'm about to step in and you're right in the thick. Oh, man. So, Y'all, yeah. if you haven't noticed a theme in some of my episodes lately where I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's Another tough. season of like trusting the Lord with yes. your kid and letting go even more, I think. And I'm really thankful that God brought me on the journey of don't mom alone. Right. Because yeah. this is when I'm really thankful for relationships I developed mm-hmm. all those little years to have those moms to link arms with when you could be angry with each other and like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those friendships are so important outside of your kids' relationships with each other. Yeah. And you just need other people who are walking through what you're walking through. It's so nuanced. Yeah, for sure. Man. Okay, so everyone's been hearing me talk. I talk with Claire about time and place and all her other boundary lines and then Sally and her boundary lines. Mm -hmm. I'd love to start our conversation before we get into like discernment and a God listening heart and David and Solomon. Just a little bit about your God-given space, even right now, or just that transition into it. Yeah. Um, tell everyone what you do now, primarily okay. outside of motherhood. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I am a mom and a wife, but what I love to do in terms of my work is to use music and other creative, you know, outpourings to tell God's story. So what I mean by that is like when I put on an album or play a concert, I want you to be able to rehearse and remember this big story of redemption that we find in scripture. So p- songs like parachuting in on different moments in scripture and just putting ourselves in their shoes, but so that you can have this big panoramic view of God's story, which is really a story of good news. And that's the other thing I love to do is use this storytelling piece as a way to, you know, tell people how good the good news really is, because I've experienced that to be true in my own life. So that's what I love to do with music. I love that so much. How many albums do you have at this point? Well, so this, the fifth one is about to come out. It's called Psalms, the Poetry of Prayer. And then there's four others that I've done. And we'll link um, to if yes. y'all want to check them out after you fall in love with Caroline and her story. <laughs> and we got to serve at a retreat eons ago. Mm-hmm. Pre-COVID is basically, I can't even remember the year. No, I don't remember either. Yeah. I mean, I think I lived here at the time. So okay, yeah, it's been the last like six years. And I would teach and you would Lead worship. worship. Mm-hmm. I mean, do I'll do, do that, that again. Do you I, do that anymore? I haven't, but I'd do it again with you. I know. Let's go. Can. Let's go. And that's the thing is, yeah, I mean, speaking of God, like honing in on mm-hmm. your limits and your story, I love leading worship, but I don't do it like that anymore. Yeah. I really do this storytelling thing mostly. I lead worship sometimes like at our church or for our church retreat, but it's cool how God it pairs down in different seasons where he yeah. focuses your work on one thing yeah so let's talk about your boundary lines yeah okay time place wiring experiences i presented those to you Mm -hmm. tell me your journey and thinking through the boundary lines like the wiring experiences yeah i know i have so many things that i could say i mean i think (laughs) for me one thing that i've been thinking about a lot is that if you could sum up my experience my story it's a story of realizing that in Christ I am enough mm. and uh, not I'm enough, but Christ is enough and I am in Christ. And even mm. when I'm not enough, he is enough. And I think like growing up, I sort of was able to sort of meet the standard of what I thought in my head was what it was to be good enough. You know, mm. I was a good enough friend or 
trying to be a good enough student or make the grade or whatever it was. But then the older you get, you have more roles and more relationships. And it's really hard to be enough or to be making the grade for every role and every relationship. And then Mm. motherhood, I think for me, was this pressure cooker where a lot of my sin kind of bubbled up to the surface. These patterns that I probably always had, but motherhood brought them all to the surface, you know, temper, anger. And I'm like, I'm a pastor's wife. I was a pastor's wife at the time. I'm well, I'm still the same, the wife of the same person. The same person. He's not a pastor anymore. Yeah. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm this singer songwriter. Like I, I can't believe I'm, you know, acting this way, yelling at my kid. Like this is, I hate this. Yeah. And it was like God taking my face in His hands and saying, like, this is the gospel. You don't get to outgrow or graduate from the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, no, you're not enough. But mm-hmm. in Christ, it's finished. And stop staring at your sin and staring at your stuff and realize like this good news that you're speaking over other people is for you. Because mm-hmm. as you see your sin so big, my grace abounds all the more. And so with music, like I hope and I think that that comes through, that this isn't just me telling you a bunch of like doctrine about the Bible or data points, but like this is a story about a God who loves us and calls us his beloved and this is a story of really good news. And so when I get to play a concert or, you know, tell people about it, it's just, I love doing that. I love not just saying, isn't it cool how God (laughs) traces these themes from Genesis to, you know, Revelation, or isn't it cool how all of this is one big story? I mean, it is cool, but the real cool thing is that this is filled with good news of this upside down kingdom that is so different than any other story or narrative that we could fit ourselves into. And so for me, the experiences piece is funny because it really does kind of coincide with being a mom and just some other things I've walked through is that over and over again, God is pressing in this idea that the gospel is really good news. Mm. And then I get to go turn around and write songs about it mm. and tell other people this story. And so, yeah, for me, the experience piece is funny. It's just... It's your journey with Jesus. Like, yeah, but then he has shown you have experienced it in your life. You weren't always, you didn't grow up necessarily a believer. Yeah. Later in life, Mm -hmm. he kind of showed up for you and now you get to be that for other people. Yeah. And even after you become a Christian, sometimes we say, totally, sometimes we say we believe the good news and we can speak Mm. the good news over other people and we believe it maybe in areas of our life, but we don't function like it's true. Yeah. You know, and so I think that was true for me in motherhood. I would like stare at my sin or like mm. maybe I'd apologize to my kids like 20 times <laughs> instead of once, <laughs> you know, or all these or I'd be like, oh, let me listen to this podcast or this read this article and I'll figure it out. But no, it's like we get to run to the cross again and again and again. We don't outgrow this mm. good news. And so when I'm telling stories from scripture and music about the prodigal son or whatever. I see myself in those stories and yeah. I hope that people can be rehearsing and remembering kind of and seeing themselves in those stories too. Yeah. And then seeing like, oh my gosh, this gospel that I say I believe and I do believe is even better than I thought. Mm. And I just get to keep savoring it and savoring it more and more as I keep running deeper and deeper into it. It's so good. It's that time of year, y'all. We're coming up on Mother's Day. And as moms, we understand this is an important day. We want to feel loved. And as children of moms, we want to love 
are special people and we want to give them good gifts, but it's really hard to come up with a gift. Well, I've got a slam dunk one for you. It is called the Skylight Frame and this is why I love it. Even just now when I saw the ad copy for this, I was like, oh my goodness, I need to send some pictures from our recent Easter break trip to my in-laws. And so I just pulled up the pictures on my phone. I hit uh, the share and the email button and put in the email address, which I've already got programmed in my phone, for their specific frame. So then I just send it and boom, right now in my in-laws kitchen, they just saw pictures of our family from Easter. It's fantastic. Not only is it easy to send for me, I gave that email address to all of my sister-in-laws and one of them lives in London. So she's able to send pictures from London, stay connected even when she's far away. And my mom who lives in Florida, I can send pictures to her. All of my siblings who live in all different states, they can send pictures. And it sets up really easily in under a minute. You don't even have to be super tech savvy. You plug it in, you set it up with the Wi-Fi and boom. It looks like a real photo frame. You can choose either 10 inch or 15 inch and it's touch screen. So you swipe through the photos with your finger or they automatically rotate through. You can even tap the heart button, which my kids love to do when they're at their grandparents' house. <laughs> so, And then it lets me know that they loved the photo. It sends me an email. Super fun, holds thousands of photos and there's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you or your loved one, they don't love Skylight, they will offer you a full refund. And a fun idea is to preload it with favorite photos for your special Mother's Day gift. Surprise them. Even grandparents, this is a great gift. Now, as a special Mother's Day offer, get 10% off up to $30 off your frame when you go to skylightframe.com alone. That's right. You get 10% off, up to $30 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to skylightframe.com slash alone. Spell out the word. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash alone. And that is like when I tell people to think about their experiences as part of their God-given space, it is that. It's like, how are you holding hope for someone? Because mm -hmm. we're all hope holders for someone. Right. And it sounds like you're holding out the hope of the truth of the gospel. Yeah. Like, this is real. Yeah. And this is good. And let me communicate it in a way that can people can grasp. Mm -hmm. Because people, I could just say it. Right. But something, music does something. Yes, To sure. us. So then a part of your wiring... I mean, I'm, I'm not a singer-songwriter. Okay, Caroline. That is not <laughs> maybe the Maybe you are. Maybe secretly. Maybe. I don't think so. <laughs> but if I could do a show tune, maybe. Um, how did you get – how was that part of – were you always singing as a little girl? Is this something you've always done? Like how is that a wiring piece for you? Yeah, it's so interesting because I was thinking about – I always had a big imagination and I loved mm. writing stories as a kid and I, you know, being in my room alone and – making up stories with my little figurines and, you know, then my mom walked in and I pretended I wasn't doing that, but I totally was, you know? So I remember I have those memories of being kind of a storyteller. And then in high school, my mom taught me a few chords on guitar and I started my faith journey right around that same time. And then I started writing songs. So it was all kind of happening at the same time. So I would write a lot about, you know, God, because I was working out my faith and new to the faith. And then I started loving God's word. And so when I was about to turn 30, 
I gave myself a goal that felt kind of arbitrary at the time because I was afraid of turning 30. Um, I was turning 30. It feels it feels like a big it deal. It feels like yeah. a big deal. It feels like a bucket list moment. Like, what have I done? Dying, what so. have I done at this right. point? Yeah. Yeah. So I had this idea pop in my mind to make a goal for to write a song for every book of the Bible in a year. Oh, wow. Because I loved God's word and I loved writing songs. And it was sort of like, I wasn't sure what this songwriting thing was. It was just a super expensive hobby. That's more than one a week. Yeah. Well, I had, well, I did cheat a little because okay. I had like two or three I had already written and I counted those. But two or three is still more than one a week. It's I only know. 52 weeks, 66 books. Yes. And there's also like Leviticus and stuff. <laughs> so it was hard. It was awesome, but it was hard. You did that? I did that. I did it. And I also told people about it. So there was an accountability aspect. Okay. But that year of writing songs from scripture, I was writing, but it was almost like really expensive scrapbooking is what I would say. <laughs> like really expensive journaling because it's really expensive to produce and release a song, you know. Wow. Get, so you didn't the- just write the song. You recorded. No. Well, so I wrote all the songs. Okay. I, I recorded them on my home recording equipment. So they weren't yeah. like produced and. Yeah, but still. They're somewhere on the internet. But you had they're music kind of with hidden. Because it's one thing for me to like write a song. Right. No, it's. Yeah. But I you was did playing guitar. music with it. Yes. Okay. Sister. Yeah. So this is in the year before I turned 30. And every day that my daughter was in Mother's Day out, which was just one day a week, I would really sit down and do it. But all week long, my antenna was up and I was thinking, what am I going to write about next? What? What are we studying about at church? Whatever. But I didn't have any plans to do this as a career at all. It was just something that I loved to do and I felt like I wanted to do. And I was maybe afraid of turning 30 and wanted to feel like I accomplished something or something. I don't know. But at the end of that year, I realized these things are starting to make sense. Mm. I love God's word. I love songwriting. And my husband also in that same season kind of sat me down in the most loving way and said, hey, you keep writing songs and you keep wanting to record them. (laughs) And it's really expensive. Like, so why don't you just stop like kind of keeping this hidden and just say like, I I am a songwriter and Mm. do it in a sustainable way or Mm. just don't do it. (laughs) <laughs> like kind of like that. Like that you needed to move from hobby ministry into business. Yes. From hidden hobby. It wasn't even hidden. something I did a lot. Okay. In front of people. Okay. Um, There's someone listening right now. Yeah. Who has the hidden hobby. And it was sort of like a fault. It was a quote unquote humility of mm. like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want to get attention for myself or. This is it. But it was a false humility because. You're not it, occupying your God-given space. Yes. Which is the definition of humility is to occupy. Right. Your God-given space. But for me, what was so freeing, and I think writing a song about your marriage is great. Writing a song about something you're going through is great. I do that too. But for me, what was so freeing is seeing the marriage of I'm writing songs, but this is not about me at all. This is about God's story. Mm. And I've written a song about sort of my mission statement. It's like a mission statement song. It's called Tell That Story. And it says, I'm a steward of the story as the moon reflects the light. So if you see him and forget me, then I've told this story right. So I get to step into that God-given space, but it's not about me. It's like, hey, guys, look at God. And it's not look at me, consume what I've made. It's, hey, let's worship God together. This is how I'm going to interact with God. And it's a gift that I'm giving to you. I I hope it's a gift that points you to God too. But that year really like set me on a trajectory of, oh, I want people to be able to have this in their cars Mm-hmm. When they're changing diapers, to be able to rehearse and remember this story and respond to it in their everyday life. And I think, like you said, like music does something to us, like it forms us. 
in ways that are really hard to explain. But God has definitely written music and other art into the Bible. Yeah. No, it's a huge part of, you know, and it's every teaching part. us. I mean, Mary had a song. The Israelites right. had multiple songs. Moses has a song. Yeah. Hannah has a song. Like, there's so many expressions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a huge part of God's word. I love that. I love that you said, like, the moon reflects the light, like, because we were even talking with the boundary lines of your space. Mm-hmm. Like, so we've talked about your experiences and what led you into this and your wiring. But even when you were like, oh, time and place, that seems actually not right helpful. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Like that. But I think it fits with the moon reflecting the light yeah. because it's showing here's where there's a weakness and a limit. Yeah. And that allows God to sh- show up. So catch everyone else up on yeah, what we're talking yeah. about. Well, even as I was thinking about that, even experientially, like I didn't major in music. I, right. There's a limit. There's a weakness there in that you could t- believe the lie. Who am I to do this? Yeah. And I think what what helps me there and what I think has been sort of a grounding truth for me is that I'm not, again, out there to impress, but I'm a jar of clay mm. with cracks and brokenness. And I've gotten more and more confident in my singing abilities and my own voice. But I'm not like going to be on American Idol or, you know, something like that. Who knows? I think we've aged out. But yeah. I know. I'm probably too old anyway. Yeah. But, um, you know, but yet God uses these jars of clay because what it's about is not the outward appearance, but about what I'm holding on to, the story I have to tell. It's like treasure shining through, you know. And so in terms of like time and space, I was actually thinking about as a mom who, you know, I try to like finish my work day when the kids get home from school. And really the bulk of a lot of my beginning in this journey was when my kids were really little yeah, and I had almost no time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was just a little time and for a little whatever, margin. Yeah. A little margin. And I would be really careful to carve out that time for music, for writing, because I had this big goal that I wanted to to accomplish and to finish. And then once I tasted the joy of doing those, marrying those two things together, this storytelling God's word with music, I like can't stop. You know, it's just this deep well that I love to write from. Mm. So it was interesting. Like when my daughter was little, I just used those Mother's Day out for um, music only and only music. And that meant my bathtub was dirtier, (laughs) right? you know, or that meant I had to bring my kids with me to the grocery store. Yeah. Um, you didn't use that time to do the errands. Right. So you did the errands with kids. Yes. yes. Um, so Which I, I think is actually great. Yeah. I and mean, then, I had to do that too. Like I would work in the margins of time I had when they were at school. Right. Um, and I still kind of – I yeah. still try to do that. I mean, yeah. I travel some. And so, you know, there's times where I'm – when they're home and I'm not home for sure. Mm-hmm. But – then when we lived in California for a little bit, childcare was like so expensive out there. Preschool was too expensive. And so mm. I just paid my friend for two hours a week to keep my kids and really only had those two hours. But what was cool is when I carved out time and space to do this music thing in those two hours to like really deeply focus on it in the margin time when I'm taking a shower yeah. on a run, yeah. driving alone, or even with the kids, like folding laundry and they're all yelling around me. Yep. I could still write songs. I'm writing a song. Like you're being inspired. Yeah. Because some of this is not like exiting your life to do the thing. No. The life informs the thing. And we're talking about doing something that's your assigned space. But in general, like God hasn't put you somewhere 
mm-hmm. and said, okay, leave where I've put you to go do this other thing. Right. He did say that to Abraham. Right. <laughs> or there's, yeah. there are times when we have to go and follow him yeah. and uproot some things. But that's right. I don't know. I just, you're not missing it. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's so hard too is that, and I struggled with this. I don't know if you know who Gloria Furman is, but she's written. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. Gloria Furman and I, we're talking like we were friends and I was talking to her about this and I was just like, I feel like there's two callings on my life, this calling of motherhood and being in the place where I am, you know, my husband's on staff at church and wanting to like be present there and all of that. Yeah. And then there's this calling of music and sometimes it feels like they're at odds at odds. Yeah. And she didn't tell me how they weren't because sometimes it does feel like they're at odds, but at the same time, just trusting, she said, God is not schizophrenic. I just can't mm. forget that she said this. Like God's not, he's also not a trickster. Like mm. saying, let's see if she can figure this out. Mm. I'm going to give her this impossible task of putting these two things together. Let's see if she can figure this out. Yeah. And he doesn't do that. And so mm. just trusting him with both and saying, okay. And I think a lot of times, the times when I get in trouble is when I start thinking about my callings with out God's voice speaking in. So let's say like with motherhood, I start putting cultural expectations on what yeah. godly motherhood is. Yeah. Or even expectations. Christian I've, culture. Yeah. Christian yeah. Culture. Put on my own mm-hmm. self. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. not him. That's not from him. And so I have to, you have to be careful and discerning about what's from him and what's something outside of him. Totally. That you're making yourself feel like you're not fulfilling that role, but it's really not of God. And same with music. Like I can look to the side and say, well, I'm not touring like she is, or I don't live in Nashville. That's that's the place. The place. Yeah. yeah. I don't live in La- Nashville. I live in Dallas. Or I've lived a lot of places, but never Nashville. And so my friends, the parents on the soccer team, like none of them are in music, you know? <laughs> so whereas like if I, I think, I dream sometimes, if I lived in Nashville, you know, my neighbor would be <laughs> a singer-songwriter too. And we'd be co-writing all the time. And it's like, <laughs> no, that's not where I live. Yeah. But I think... Um, in the the beauty of those limits and those you know quote unquote limits is that I felt God anchoring me in reality, mm-hmm. and when I write a song, you know I'm thinking of my friend who's in a very real, like they're living their very real life, and how would they experience this song? Like I'm not in. There's so many ways that I feel like God. It's like there's an element of that. Nashville where everybody is the thing that you kind of lose touch with yes. who are the people we're actually writing to. I'm guessing that yeah. could be true. And so, I mean, one of my, another person from Nashville one time was like, hey, you don't live, I lived in Tyler, Texas at a time. So it was a smaller yeah. town. And he was like, you don't live here, but you're the only, you're, you can't be the Sandra McCracken of Nashville, but you're, you could be the Sandra McCracken of Tyler, Texas. <laughs> That's right. Because there's not very many of you there. Yeah. And there's a million of them here. And yeah. so maybe you live into your, space as the only one who's doing this instead of feeling like if I was there, then I would have this success that whatever. So I'm really grateful, honestly, to be where I am. And we were talking earlier too about how with the limitations of motherhood and the limitations of where I live, and maybe there's not as many songwriters here. There are actually amazing songwriters that I've met as I've lived here longer, but they're not, you know, necessarily in my immediate community mm-hmm. but we were talking about Gideon and how he you know is preparing to go into a battle and how God says well I'm going to thin out your army yeah. and then I'm going to thin it out a little bit more <laughs> yeah. and then I'm going to thin it out a little bit more and now I want you to go and it's like trusting the Lord that reminds me these limitations remind me that I am a jar of clay that 
I can't impress people, but I have a story that's really beautiful and I get to tell it yeah. and I get to steward it. Um, and that I can go in not depending on my own amazing voice that can do a million riffs or whatever. And I can go in not depending on, you know, my perfect skills as a guitar player, but just do it as excellently as I can pointing to Christ rather mm -hmm. than on my big army or my, all yeah. my skills or all the things. One thing I've come to value is the power of sleep and quality of sleep. I mean, I know I'm getting old, y'all, but man, oh man, is a good night's sleep valuable for my children? Y'all know this. And one of mine who struggles with falling asleep, staying asleep, even in the teen years, I was able to get him a set of the bowl and branch sheets, and they are helping him tremendously. They are buttery to the touch. Super breathable, so whether it's really hot out in Dallas or even through this winter, he has found them to be really comfortable. He says they're fancy sheets, and they are. They're super fancy. They're very luxurious, and they're loved by four U.S. presidents. I got him the stone color, so it's this nice, like, deep gray color, and you could get sizes from twin up to California king. They're designed to feel incredible for any sleeper, and they're made without toxins so they're free from any pesticides formaldehyde other harsh chemicals what i also love is the more you wash them the softer they get so they're just getting more and more soft as we use them uh, also the sheets fit the deepest of mattresses and are labeled with the top and bottom tag so making your bed is super easy best of all they give you a 30 night risk-free guarantee with free shipping and returns on all u.s orders if you want to sleep better at night with your Bowl and Branch sheets, get 15% off your first order when you use promo code DMA at bowlandbranch.com. That's Bowl and Branch, and Bowl is spelled B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code DMA, exclusions apply. See their site for details. Well, and that applies like you were talking about, and I love, like you said, the two callings. And I, I've like, I really think through like the one calling right. and the two assignments. Yes. Like that we can have multiple assignments at the same time. Because mm -hmm. I think even this message of occupy your God given space, I think there are God given spaces. I think there are places He is working and He's inviting us into. Yeah. And they're not at odds, mm -hmm. they, but there's tension. Right. And so what you were talking about is the mom thing and even the songwriter thing, we can believe this lie that this challenge I'm having is because, oh, I wish I'd done X, Y, and Z as a mom. Mm -hmm. Or I would be more successful in whatever space we've been assigned if I had yeah. more time to write or if I had this connection or if I lived in this place. And mm -hmm. it's like, what if, it, I feel like a lot of that struggle is the outcome part right which isn't our part mm -hmm. and so if we really could just sit in the assignment and be faithful and obedient in the place yeah they're not at odds necessarily right we're taking like you said this standard and deciding that's what a mom should be mm -hmm. and so we get frustrated that I can't be the all-in mom who does all the things right. and <laughs> signs up for the PTA or whatever Mm -hmm. Or even just having lots of kids. You cannot do all the things that maybe some families 
you have one or two, right. even like I'm like three, that seems. I know, three, less. that's so easy. That's not easy, but I just like, you can tell yourself, well, if I only had right. this, mm-hmm. then I wouldn't have this challenge. Well, it's like, yeah. no, not necessarily. Right, exactly. And it's because you have that limit that then God can show up for your kids or he's mm-hmm. working in their life. And it's not because you were this Mary Poppins perfect right. mom. Uh-huh. And because life is, the world is broken, life is hard, mm-hmm. kids will have challenges. Yeah. We really, we be, we can believe that we were talking about the formula idea. Like mm-hmm. if I do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, with our and kids. And so like, if I do X plus Y, I'll get Z. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. it's never promised. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel like the metaphor that I've been trying to live into lately is the idea of just like we have a plot of land like, right in front of us and that's our plot of land to cultivate and till and yep. plant the seeds that God has given to us. We wait on the rain and the sun, which only he can give and only he provides growth. Yep. Um, but I think that that metaphor is real with our kids and it's real with our work. Whatever assigned space, like we're the yes. tenders, uh-huh. we're the stewards of that space. And even still like those two, for me, I'm realizing like in that same song that I quoted earlier, it really is my mission statement song and helps me hold everything together. Mm. I say like, I'll tell it in my neighborhood and with my kids at home, I'll sing it on the stage. And when I'm all alone, I'm going to tell the story. Mm. Like there's still a unifying idea behind all the work I'm doing. And a lot of the, the hidden habits are the things that are going to propel that storytelling with my kids Mm. at home Mm -hmm. and on the stage and it's all connected um you don't have to separate it out and be like okay kids box over here right singing songwriting over here yes the heart of that is good news and the good news can Mm -hmm. go Mm -hmm. in all these places and then i can trust like if god in first season calls me away from the music thing Mm -hmm. i can still keep telling god's story just in a really different way he might like reveal what that is Mm mm-hmm and that's what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Is people, they, they will get to this point in the book where it's like, okay, I've thought through these boundary lines for me or like, oh, I'm seeing really clearly. Yes. Confirmation. Mm-hmm. I am in the place God has given me to occupy and I'm doing that. Or they're at a place that are like at a decision point mm-hmm. and they need help with discerning. Right. Next steps. And in the book, I talk through Solomon asking for a discerning heart or a heart that listens. Yeah. A shem, le, shema, lev, shema being hear or mm-hmm. listen. And in Hebrew, the concept of listen and obey are tied together. Like you wouldn't separate them. I love that. So there's this, I want a heart that hears from God mm-hmm. to know right from wrong and that I obey, mm-hmm. that my heart is drawn to do what I'm hearing from him. You just finished up this album on the Psalms and on prayer, which is a conversation with God. Right. And so talk to us about like what you've learned about David and this whole concept of connecting with God through prayer and discerning. Mm-hmm. These The Psalms have been like a really big lifeline for me in the past. I've been studying them based, or meditating on them and then praying them back to God hmm. since like before COVID. And then I was telling you a little bit, but I had a season of burnout. And then right when I was releasing my last album, 
my dad went into the hospital for um, a routine heart surgery and then never recovered. So I'm releasing an album. I had a ton of shows scheduled for the fall. And then my dad was in the ICU, like up and down, up and down. So I'm driving back and forth to Houston and he, he ended up passing away. So after a month and a half of that, and that was a really hard, obviously season. And in the midst of all of those things, I'm so thankful. Like God gave me the Psalms to just Mm. pray back. Cause sometimes we just feel like we don't have the words. No, there's many, are, yeah. so, there's many things people are listening and they have their thing. Yes. I'm tired of praying for my kid in this area. I'm tired of praying for my husband. I'm tired of praying for myself. Mm-hmm. And we get weary. And so for me, just having the Psalms, like, okay, flip the page. It's mm. today. Yesterday was Psalm 100. Today is a Psalm, Psalm 101. I'm going to pray this back to God. Mm. I think Eugene Peterson calls it answering speech. So in the light of who God is, we are praying to him. And so a lot of these songs on this album are, you know, out of that season yeah and a lot of the psalms like we talked about are david's writings and what i love about david is that he was writing songs when he was just chilling with the sheep you know (laughs) and he had no idea yeah that he would one day he wasn't a king yet no and some of them he was but a lot of them yeah you know he wasn't yeah or Or, he was fleeing for his life right or his son is trying to kill him and he's writing a song about it it's like you know it's all his spaces. Yeah. That no matter God what parenting him. problem you're facing, <laughs> you might not be there yet. I'm just you're not there yet. Um, Maybe not. But yeah. So when when we are responding and talking to God in the midst of whatever's happening to us, we don't know how that faithful, whether it's writing a song or whatever work we're doing and wrestling through that is going to produce fruit later mm. for more than just us. Yeah. Or maybe not. But I do love that about David, that he wasn't concerned with like, the success of this song. He was just talking to God. Yeah. And so that's a model, I think, for all of us um, as we're listening. But um, in terms of like discerning and asking God for a listening heart, I think another thing that I think about a lot is I am somebody who would love to have a formula and to say mm-hmm. like, hey, I know that if I, you know, schedule my life just so or put these rhythms in place, which are good rhythms, like a rhythm of Sabbath is really important for me. And it's important for me not to say I'll play too many shows. So it's good to think about those things. But sometimes I get caught in thinking that, oh, if I can just find the formula, the perfect balance, then everything will make sense and everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. But obviously we can't do that. And so I've been really convicted that every time I find myself grasping for a formula that God is like, hey, I'm not going to give you a formula because then you wouldn't depend on me anymore. Hmm. So I want you to listen to the spirit and walk by the spirit. And that's more of a daily thing and a minute to minute thing. Um, We can set up our, you know, rhythms and those are good. But at the end of the day, I mean, we are leaning into the Lord about every decision and every thing. And so for me, practically, that looks like praying a lot about stuff, whether I say yes or not, or not, even if it seems like amazing opportunity. So like an opportunity comes and you don't just respond right away. Well, some, I mean, I'm sure I have in the past, but (laughs) I I don't want to. But your goal now, yeah. Yeah. I want to pray. And I do talk, I talk to my husband about it. Um, I do kind of look back and say, oh, remember when I burned out? It was because Mm. I said yes too much. And I was, I want to kind of have this paradigm of what music is going to look like. So I do kind of think like my past self is talking to my present (laughs) self and my future self is saying, be kind to me, you know, like don't overcommit me. 
And so I am thinking yeah. about that. But and the, the heart Lord, too of like some of maybe your yes, I'm, I'm not going to put this on you, but sometimes our yeses and opportunities is we think that'll get us to the next level. Right. Or I'm thinking you're sharing the good news. Mm-hmm. Saying yes means more people hear the good news. Mm-hmm. And so there's this element or like if you're a kid, you have an opportunity in parenting for your kid to join some team. And you're like, well, this is great. This will right. set them up for success or this is what they love. And we've always been waiting for this. It's like, but we don't stop and ask God mm-hmm. and recognize that even with the good news and people hearing the good news, he doesn't need you. Right. He right. can communicate the good news in a way. Yeah. He's inviting you to join him. Yes. So like that having all the weight mm-hmm. of that responsibility mm-hmm. be on you or all the weight of the responsibility of how our kids turn out or all the weight of like responsibility. It's like to stay in that humble place right. of filtering out the yeses and the noes. Yes. And and it is remembering who he is. And all of our roles and relationships. Like I when you were saying that, I was thinking about Psalm 131. Which, there's a song about that, but that song has really been, a, or that psalm has really been a comfort to me. It's when it says, I've calmed and quieted my soul mm. like a weaned child with his mother. Mm. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. And it's talking to us about being in a posture of of dependence and not pride and also not uh, presupposing what God's going to do. And so I'm going to go ahead and make my plans. You know, mm. it's leaning into the Lord and having that posture. And a lot of things take care of themselves when we're, you know, looking, seeking first the kingdom and being in that posture of dependence on the Lord and listening to the Lord. Um, I am like an idea. I have so many ideas (laughs) all the time. And they're, I think they're really good ideas and I would love to chase them all down, but I do have to wait and just like calm myself down a little bit and give them to the Lord. And mm-hmm. sometimes I can see which ideas are really good ones when they keep coming up in my heart. And I and I feel like he's released me to go after them. But the temptation is to just do them all well, as yeah. if it's yeah. all on me and as, as if I'm the only one that could do that idea. And that's yeah. not always true. And so there's so much freedom in that posture of dependence and being a child rather than like a servant of God. Like we are servants of God. But we're also children of God. Mm-hmm. And our identity isn't just go out and be a workhorse with yeah. God. Yeah. Our identity is to be his child and to yeah. lean on him in all of those things. Yeah. I think you were saying too, like the formula, he says, you won't depend on me. And I love when you were telling me earlier that this is this moment to moment walking, mm-hmm. that this is that. Because we can have, like you said, these good ideas. Right. But if they're not God's idea, we don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Even David, he had this really good idea, like building a permanent home for the Lord. Right. His presence to dwell is a really great, holy idea, uh-huh. set apart space for God. Uh-huh. And he's like, I never gave you that idea. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to build a kingdom for you and your son mm-hmm. will be the one who will build a place for me. But it's right-sizing ourselves. I think right-sizing is just like getting in line. Right. With who God is. And that does require that relationship. Yeah. And wean child, mm-hmm. you said, and I hope people could hear you, weaned. Weaned. Like, weaned. Yeah. Probably like no a, longer nursing. Like a yeah. five or six year old child. Right. Isn't like dependent on their parent for sustenance mm-hmm. in the same way, mm-hmm. but there's relationship. Right. 
Yeah. And it's that connection with God of like being with him. Mm-hmm. Are we making time to be with God? Mm-hmm. Are we making it a priority when a decision comes? What seemingly small mm-hmm. or big like we might choose to pray when it comes to kids schooling or career decisions right but is it even in the like you get a text from a friend mm-hmm. and it's maybe a hard text or maybe it's like a can you want to go hang out right do we even in those moments yeah yeah say hey god what do you have for me in this yeah even yesterday i had a friend and i was like i feel like i need to have I need to say something to her, but it was kind of, it wasn't confrontational, but it was just sort of confrontational. Yeah. And I was like, Lord, there's like three ways I could do this or I could not do it. And I just prayed about it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to call her and yeah. I'm giving it to you. And mm-hmm. it turned out so well. And mm-hmm. I was just like a small yeah. example of like, why did, you know, that song, what a friend we have in Jesus yeah. says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. And mm. he's the invitation is to pray about everything. Yeah. And I will tell you, like, I'm not, I love studying God's word and black and white, like yeah. point A, B, and C. Like I yeah. love research and thinking on things. And prayer is a little bit sometimes nonlinear and like hard mm. to pin down. And like, what's happening here? What are the <laughs> results? And I, that's why the Psalms of it were such a gift is like, I feel like they gave me words to pray. And then realizing that even when we pray and we don't even know what we're praying, like the Holy Spirit is groaning, groaning on our behalf. And Tim Keller's has this book on prayer and he says the Holy Spirit, Romans eight is like translating our prayers into something that God has aligned with his will and understands. And that is so freeing in prayer. Yeah. And we can pray about anything and everything in terms of our decisions big or small and when we think about who god is and how he's sovereign and how he's in control and how it's not all on us that you know there's a lot of other people that could be doing that we aren't in the body of christ we aren't the toe and the finger and the ear like we're probably just the toe and Mm -hmm. so just to like run in our lane and trust that he's made a body that can take care of all the needs that we see around us and that he's got it it's just so freeing yeah because my temptation put everything on me. Yeah. And it's exhausting when you do that. Yeah. And I think that next generation, they really struggle with, because of social media, you're aware of all the needs all the time. Right. And if you were in a small village, you would know the needs of the village. Right. And so I think our souls cannot bear sometimes the weight of all of that. Mm-hmm. And our job is not to redeem people. Mm-hmm. He redeems people. Right. Our job is to communicate that he is the redeemer. Yeah. And let him move. Right. How he's going to move. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking about, you're talking about praying and praying the Psalms to God and just this, if there's a question we have asking God, Mm -hmm. have you considered or have you had experience with listening to God, like sitting and listening? I've done episodes. Y'all can find the links, listening to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, Stephanie will put it in the show notes. But have you spent time like, sitting and listening and what are you, what's your experience with that i mean that's another area i think that's hard for me yeah I'll be honest i think it's hard for most people yeah and yeah. especially in our day and age when there's so many distractions and so i think for me i've had seasons where i haven't done like a sabbath rest or something like that but that kind of those rhythms those rhythms are there to put us in a place where we can listen. Mm-hmm. Um, so those rhythms aren't the good and the end all be all They're so that we can have relationship with God. But yeah. for me, I need those kinds of rhythms because my natural tendency is to go, go, go. 
or pick up my phone and get distracted when I feel uncomfortable, you know? So I think for me, just stopping and putting away my phone and realizing that, you know, Psalm 127, like he gives to his beloved sleep and Mm. we, we run around eating the bread of anxious toil, like, but unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Mm. And just remembering that, that, I'm part of a building project, but the Lord is doing it and I can rest and he's never, he doesn't have to rest. So I think for me, the practice of like Sabbath and then also having like yearly rhythms of, of pulling away, like Nick and I go away every January and do a lot of, I do a lot of journaling and it's like, I love it. I love it so much, but I just think back on the year and what I want for the year ahead, but it's really just putting everything under the framework of God and yeah. my father and letting him like listening to what he might change. And then recently I told you too, I did a sabbatical, which I'm my own boss. So yeah. My you're boss like, gave, I'm a sabbatical. <laughs> my boss gave me a sabbatical, but it was hard to like, let go. Yeah. And, like, and, and believe that you aren't missing out when you yeah. step away. I think that is the hardest thing. Like in this online world for me is yeah. like, if I stop, right. Everyone's going to forget about me. Right. And it was a sweet thing because, and I, I don't want to talk too much about it, but it felt like I kind of felt like I had this metaphor of like, I just have to keep pushing this rock uphill Mm. and I'll never get to the top. But if I let go, yeah, then everything's gone. All the work I've done, which isn't real. And I knew that, but I felt like that. I don't think you're alone in that. That's very, very relatable. He's changing the metaphor to say, no, again, it's just a plot of land. Mm. And if you overwork your land and never let it sit or never go have a conversation with a friend that could be fertilizer for your land. I mean, let's keep yeah. going with the metaphor, but yeah. you your land will die and get exhausted. Yeah. And I mean, I know that from personal experience. So I think there's part of it too that you know, we have to ask like, what metaphor are we living in and are we willing to stop and rest so that we can listen? And that mm-hmm. includes putting our phones away, maybe taking breaks from social media. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard. Yeah. And, and again, it's not another formula. No. Like even Jesus said Sabbath mm-hmm. <laughs> was made because he knows we're limited humans. Mm-hmm. Just like land is limited. And that's why he said, rest the land. every Yeah, every seven years. Rest your body uh-huh. every seventh day. Like mm-hmm. you're, you need restorative time. Mm-hmm. And you need that reminder that you are not the reason these things are happening. Mm-hmm. I am the reason they're happening and I'm inviting you to join me yeah. in them. And going back to David, I feel like I didn't yeah. really answer your question, but just thinking about that, like he said, God, I have this great idea. Yeah. And it was a good idea. Yeah. It wasn't a bad idea. Yeah. But God said, that's not for you. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm going to turn around and give you a promise that's like one of the main th- promises through lines of God's redemptive story. For all is, of us. We're going to build, I'm going to build a house for you and you're going to have a son on the throne forever, which mm-hmm. we know is like ultimately fulfilled in Christ. And then this idea that you have to build me a house, I'm going to let your son do that. Yeah. And it's just, just so cool of God. Yeah. Like there's so much grace. Totally. That he would say, that's a great idea, but you don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have someone else do this, but guess what I'm going to do for you? It's like very mind blowing when you think about the kindness of God in that. Anytime when I'm like, I've got to hustle, I better do this. <laughs> this is a great opportunity. I don't want to let it go. And I kind of ask him or he's like, no, maybe not right now. Yeah. He blows me away with the alternative. Yeah, that's right. 
Every time. Yeah. Without fail. Mm-hmm. And the thing I force, it's miserable. <laughs> it's miserable. I know. Yes. Oh, Caroline, we could talk for days, but I think people, um, they're like, Heather, you have these long podcasts. Why do you do this? Every time they're like, we're moms. <laughs> because my we don't guests have- are too long. No, I'm like, I because I like talking, Caroline, okay? I like talking. Um, we will link to all of your things. Okay. And Caroline, what is your Instagram handle? I think it's at Caroline Cobb. At Caroline Cobb. Okay. Music. Music. Okay. Yeah. I was like, is some music Shouldn't in there? Shouldn't I know that right off the no, bat? No. I, I, I feel like I could yeah. see Caroline it in my Cobb head. music. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me yeah. in the studio. I love it. With the sewing machine. I love your studio. <laughs> Thanks for having me over. Anytime. I love it. Okay, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. I hope it was an encouraging conversation for you. Yeah. If you haven't pre-ordered my book, I really, to me... Yes, I'd love your support. But more than anything, I feel really passionately that this message will encourage you to have clarity, peace, and confidence in the spaces God has assigned you. And that my deepest dark, not darkest, my deepest hope is that it will increase your intimacy and your relationship with God. And what Caroline and I talked about, about listening and being connected through prayer and moment-to-moment guidance, that that would be so familiar to you that that would be the default of your walk, your faith walk, your journey through life, through the valleys, through the mountaintops, all the places uh, that you would be so intimately connected with God. So I'm going to pray over us. Lord, thank you that you have entrusted us with spaces to steward, gifts to steward, places to do ministry, unique opportunities. I thank you that we don't have to look around to see if it's okay with what everyone else is doing, but we can look to you and that our confidence comes from our relationship with you. Our confidence comes from knowing in faith that if you have assigned us there, you're you're up to something. Whether the thing we've been assigned to is hard or in no one sees or it's out in front and maybe stretching us to lead in a way that we're uncomfortable with. I pray, Lord, that we would believe you are up to something behind the scenes and release things that we're not supposed to be in control of and that our faith would increase, our fear would decrease. Lord, I pray for each person listening today that they would make time to sit with you, to ask you questions about how what you think about them, what they're carrying, they don't need to carry a space that you have assigned them. And if they're filling it, Lord, I just pray for us to quiet our hearts and minds and to sit with you and to listen. And if they need to pause that right here, Lord, and do that, even if it's five minutes, God, to start somewhere in communing with you and listening to your heart for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, it's go time, y'all. I am so happy to send this little book out into the world and let it fly. If and when you do get a copy, please tag me in your pictures. And if you start reading it and you're identifying a space that you feel like God has assigned you and it's like enlightening you and giving you clarity, tag me in those posts too. I would be so honored to see you with these books. So, all right, y'all see you back here next week. Adios. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Don't Mom Alone podcast. If you're wanting to connect with more people and more resources to help remind you that you're not alone, head over to don'tmomalone.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guests. Most importantly, I want you to know the good news, the great news that you're not alone because God has promised to always be with you. With faith in Jesus Christ, the one who died for you and rose again, Jesus said when he left, he was going to leave a helper, a comforter to be with us. God in us. Moms, that's superpower. So while you're washing dishes at your kitchen sink, while you're driving to and from work, while you're feeding that baby late into the night, while you're cleaning sticky floors, God promises to be just as present with you as when you're worshiping in a church pew. As it says in Zephaniah 3:17, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Now that's good news. Have a great day.